The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. We have our guest, Ryan Heisler, here. And of course, Gene, who I... I'm here as well. Yes, don't forget about me. <laughs> He's still in the room. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about something that you've probably seen on Facebook before, and it's Facebook asking you to boost your post. So you either know what that is, or you don't know what that is, and you're intrigued by it. And after we hear from our sponsor, we are going to answer that question. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. And we're back. So our question for Ryan now is, do I have to boost my Facebook post? This is probably the simplest question, we've shortest and sweetest question we've ever gotten, but I'm sure Ryan's going to have an answer that starts with, it depends. <laughs> but Ryan, that's, and also, if I can ask you to explain what boosting means, and you know, we see that button there when we post, and Facebook wants us to do this, what, what is this all about? Actually, Ryan, if you could explain Facebook advertising to us in the next <laughs> 10 minutes, that'd be great. And Ryan, right. if you can explain to me why not, keep going. Right. Very generally speaking, Facebook offers a variety of advertising options. The easiest one that they put out there is that boost post functionality. They really kind of introduced this going on seven or eight years ago now. And it was really kind of their first foray into advertising. What they really are looking for you to do is to hit that to wind up ensuring that your message winds up in all of your page followers' news feeds. It's a little interesting that, you know, you have to pay money in order to advertise to people who already follow already you following. on social media. Yeah, welcome um, to Facebook in right. 2018, right? Well, I mean, Facebook, in order to meet their market expectations, always needs to be raising more money. Hmm. And their primary lever is the advertising platform. And so... When you're talking about a company that has to have $2 billion in revenue from advertising per quarter in order to barely meet expectations, you're going to have your kind of pages get that reduction in free reach in order to start spending money in order to engage with people. So it's pay to play. Without going too, too far into it, Facebook owns Instagram. Mm -hmm. And as we go through this, the Instagram platform's advertising features are all built into the same one as Facebook. So um, it's mm. one-stop shopping for two different platforms. Mm. When you're boosting a Facebook post, you're not actually targeting your messaging. You're just putting it behind people in kind of whatever sphere is auto set for it. So the first thing you have to do if you're going to be advertising on Facebook is set your audiences appropriately. There's a really kind of easy functionality in order to be able to set up different audiences that you have. You have the option of being able to upload your email list and match against people who are already on that. You can build lookalike audiences from there. A lookalike audience takes a slice of your data where it's like you upload your email list and then you say to Facebook, okay, we want people who match on some degree of some type of look on 
the people already on your list. Right. So it's like, oh, you know, these people have this income distribution we want within 2% of this range. And these people have these interests and we want a set amount of this range. And it gives you kind of all of a sudden you have three or 400,000 people off of a list of 40,000 that, oh, they are more likely than not going to be interested in your product. So like my lookalike audience is not necessarily a bunch of bold middle-aged guys, right? It's usually people, different <laughs> right, criteria, right? Right, right, okay. right. I just want to make sure of that. But setting those audiences up will ensure that when you're trying to actually put your message out there, you're putting it in front of the right people. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, your advertising money is money that you could have used for some other purpose. So you've got to make sure that that it's working to get the message in front of the right person. Does it get in front of the right person like for like a blip and then it's gone? You know, like, is it, I mean, does this work? It depends. Um, <laughs> We're going to be hearing a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, media budget has an awful lot to do with whether or not you're a blip in front of somebody or if you wind up appearing in front of somebody 20 times and annoying them. Yeah, back. sure. And it's finding that right balance and understanding that, you know, oh, if my audience is really big, then I'm going to need more money in order to reach them at least two or three times right. and ensure that they don't just scroll past me. So it's like the bigger audience that you have, actually, the more expensive it gets to be to get your messages out in front of them, right? So it's more expensive on an a total media budget, mm -hmm. but in general, the larger your audience, the less expensive on, say, a per click or per action it's going to be. Right. Because Facebook works on a scale like that. So the more targeted you are, right. in general, the thought process is the more specific you are right. and the more scalpel-like you're trying to be, the more expensive it has to be. Got it. It's a lot like diving into a different area like paid search. The more scope and more intent a user has mm -hmm. in their search query, mm -hmm. the more expensive that's going to be because it's more likely that they're going to take the exact action you want them mm -hmm. to. Okay. So let's be, let's try some specific scenarios. Say I'm, um, I'm on Facebook and we're, we're thinking on Facebook because listen, there's 70 million small businesses well, pages on Facebook. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and it's, it is the most popular social media platform for small businesses, but you know, it, say I want to be selling something through my Facebook page and Facebook gives you the ability to do that. You have a buy button, right. And payment yep. button and all of that. Um, what would you say? I want, you know, say Ryan, I, you know, I, I want to sell this you know, widget off of my Facebook page, what would be the best way to get the message out there? So, I mean, you definitely need to be advertising it and spending money behind whatever right. posting that you're doing. Okay. So from there, you know, it's a combination of both standard promoted posts, okay. which is the same basic functionality as a boosted post. Okay. But and when you say, let's just stop with that right now. So say I have a post saying, I've, oh, this new widget that we have, you know, is coming in a green color and it's a special. That's my post. Right. And then I'm going to promote it or yep. boost it. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, but then you also would probably have variations of that and you would use Facebook's ads manager tool to mm -hmm. do that. So okay. it gives you the opportunity to reach the same audience and have five or six different versions of the same post right. out there and being advertised to these people. But isn't the idea also not only just, I want to get my product out there to, of course, my audience, but isn't the idea also is to reach new audiences? So how do I do that? 
So that goes back to the audience sort of building criteria that you have to do. And it's identification of who's my existing customer or who's my existing follower base. And let's have one version of this going to them. Right. But then, you know, we've built a lookalike model or we've built some other targeting of these are the types of things like income, household composition, location, right? You know, whatever. All of the elements that you think are most likely to take the action that you want, Mm -hmm. in this case, purchase. Mm -hmm. So you'd have a separate group and a separate funding pool to Mm -hmm. reach just that audience. Mm -hmm. And so your message might be the same to the two audiences, Mm -hmm. but at least that way you have a little bit more control over the two of them where you can see, oh, you know what? My current customers aren't buying this like the new ones are. So we're going to turn that off and we'll put more money behind this because they're taking that action. Got it. Do you recommend keeping the posts the same or switching them up or varying varying them? You know, it really comes down to how much time do you as a small business owner have in order to be able to do this. Right. I always recommend running at least two versions of creative out there and only change one element between the two of them. It's called an A-B test. Basically, you're trying to control for what element here is resonating with people. So you take your same audience, you have two different versions of the ad, say the text is different, but the headline, the photo is the same. Okay. And one of them is converting 20% better than the other one is. Okay. So obviously, you know, all right, whatever was different between these two worked. Hmm. So, all right, now I can start testing some other element and be able to optimize. At some point, you do reach kind of the law of diminishing returns. Your A-B tests tend to return less investment over time. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have early big returns by doing some of the testing. But as a campaign goes on, say like for a month, Mm -hmm. by that third week, you know, it's not worth optimizing anymore. You're just going to get what you're going to get. Um, I was giving you the scenario of, of selling something on Facebook and accepting payment through Facebook, which Facebook gives you the ability to do. What if um, you didn't want to do that? You just wanted to redirect people to your website and then let them then go search and buy, you know, right from whatever your e-commerce platform or whatever that is. Um, is, is Does Facebook, does it like that less than if you keep people on Facebook to buy? So, so I mean, Facebook... <laughs> has a vested interest in keeping you on Facebook. Right. So if you're really trying to maximize any type of reach that you get or anything else, always keep that in mind. Facebook's going to reward you if you're trying to keep that user within a Facebook interface. Right. So from kind of like a product listing ad, use Facebook's integration Facebook does offer third-party integrations with a lot of different e-commerce platforms. So see if yours is compatible Mm -hmm. and can be pulled in Mm -hmm. because you will reap benefits versus just trying to link to your off-site. Got it. Does Facebook also track, uh, like, will it give you statistics for these campaigns that will show you what you've put out there versus what either leads or actual sales that you got from it? Yeah. So within Facebook's analytics tool, you have the opportunity to review all of the different data elements. It does require you if, say, you're using an off-site 
on your own website. Mm -hmm. You do have to install a pixel. It's a short snippet of code. Mm -hmm. From there, Facebook does offer that tracking element. And it also allows you to do stuff like a remarketing campaign mm -hmm. where, say, you have people who visited your website, put items in their shopping cart, but then they left right. and they abandoned their cart. Well, you can run an ad to that audience specifically to bring them back to complete their purchase. Got it. Got it. If I was just getting started selling on Facebook, what what specific advice would you give me? Be ready to spend a fair bit of money in order to really kind of get things off the ground. Um, I remember when you said that to me, like when I wanted to increase likes on my Facebook page and I was saying like, how do I, you know, say I wanted to get like a you know, hundred thousand likes or, you know, whatever on my, you know, your first of all, oh, you got to give me a hundred thousand dollars budget. You know, it's like the first thing that you said, because uh, you, I mean, you got to do that. Right. right. I mean, it, it's getting more and more expensive mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. That being said, Facebook is the least expensive platform for you to run a product listing ad or other selling-based campaign service. You can try and use Amazon with their product listing services. Sure. Unless you're on Amazon Web Services, I really don't recommend taking that tactic. And Google is just going to be simply expensive to run on because mm -hmm. you've got to compete with all of the different e-commerce sites that are otherwise out there. True. Facebook's going to give you a little bit more latitude. Great. Uh, Ryan, that was awesome. Elizabeth, anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to ask Ryan to um, remind us of who you, who you follow to stay on top of what's happening with Facebook. Because we talked about this in the previous episode, but some new business owners might be listening and they might be thinking... How do I stay on top of this? Like Facebook changes things all the time. So I had John Loomer and Larry Kim. Did yeah. I read that? Yeah. So it's John Loomer Digital is the name of the guy who is truly a Facebook expert. The guy has been writing about the topic for going on a decade, and he's really got a good knack for giving you how-to guides on how to be able to keep up with Facebook's latest changes. If you're thinking more broadly, then look at Larry Kim. He runs WordStream, a digital agency out of Boston. Hmm, that's great. And if I wanted to um, just expand my, my presence on MySpace, what, uh, what advice would I have? <laughs> just kidding. Just oh kidding. God. Elizabeth, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was just going to thank Ryan for being here. If you have any questions for Ryan, if you go to the show notes and you find the show notes, I know we talk about them all the time, by going to smallbizahead.com. And then if you look on the navigation bar, click on the podcast link, and then you'll see all of our episodes come up. Find this episode, find any episode, and there's a link in the show notes to submit a question. You could submit a question to Gene, to me, to Ryan. No one's going to submit a question to me, but of either they Gene are. or Ryan... And we'll have him back to, to answer more questions. In fact, he's going to be here for another episode where we're going to talk about Twitter, and that's coming up in a couple days. So, Ryan, thanks for being here. Gene, thanks for also being here. Awesome job, Ryan. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Gene for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.